I'm Audrey, and I'm so glad you're here listening to the podcast, It's Too Wonderful. This show is inspired by Psalm 139, when David writes how God has searched him and knows him fully, and that this knowledge of himself is too wonderful for him to know. We can't even know ourselves, let alone the maker of the universe and the savior of our souls. I am fascinated by this reality, so naturally, I started a podcast about it. My hope is that what you hear on this show inspires you to go and have similar conversations in your own life with people that you love and to spend more time with Jesus, who loves you the most. If you could leave a rating and review after listening, that would be wonderful. <laughs> Get it? Um, anyways... <laughs> The reviews are how my podcast grows on these platforms in order to reach more people and do the most good. So I literally can't do it without you guys. You can also keep up with the podcast on Instagram at It's Too Wonderful Pod. Our guest on this episode of the podcast is Sammy Lee. Sammy is a film student at Belmont University and is a wonderful friend of mine. We actually recorded this episode right when he got back from a semester abroad in Grantham, England. So we talk a lot about how that experience has given him new perspectives in the way he thinks about friendship and faith. He talks a lot about his experience finding community in college and what it looks like to hold out for the right friendships, believing that God is the one working all things out for good. Sammy, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hello. Glad I'm so here. happy you're here. Quite literally, you're here because you just came back from a place very far away, mm -hmm. which is... I was studying in Grantham, England. In Grantham, England. So you're now back in America on this side of the pond, and that's great. Mm -hmm. uh, it's sunny today. We were talking this morning about how you said the sun is weak in London, and so I guess it's stronger here. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I went out on... I'm staying at my friend Nate's house, and... Yesterday, I just went out on the porch and literally just sunbathed for a and good the strong minutes. sun. Yes, <laughs> the strong sun. Well, yeah, yesterday I thought it was going to be like cold because the forecast said it would be. And I went out and I was like sweating, sitting in the sun. It's that's also Nashville. Well, it's kind of intense. Um, anyways, okay. The first question I ask everyone on the podcast is what are you looking forward to today? I'm looking forward to getting coffee with con later yeah that'll I, be fun yeah he's been a mentor figure for me for a while and i haven't talked to him in a while so okay. there's a lot to catch up on but yeah. also we're going to get sump <gasps> and sump. i've been craving that so it's so good mm -hmm. okay i will say though this might be unpopular okay sump is a coffee shop in nashville for context I will say, this might be an unpopular opinion, but I don't like the vibes in there. Yeah? What about it? It's so echoey and, like, cold. And it's okay. always really quiet. Okay, but have you ever been to the outdoor seating that's, like, right outside the windows? I've seen it. I haven't actually sat there. See, that's golden to me because okay. you get really good coffee you don't have the echoey vibes, but you can kind of like there's a park mm, out in yeah, front of it. I like and that park. people always have dogs Aww. playing around in the park. Yeah, so that's cute. I don't like, yeah. The echoey vibes, not for me. The skulls everywhere. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have an extra criteria of like how well can I people watch while I'm here. Really? Yes. Wait, why? <laughs> because I feel like you can't really notice it unless you're like really paying attention, but okay. there's always interesting people watching around you. And but you Sump need to have specifically? Like, well, in anywhere that you go. That's but true. Sump has like a park right next to it. So uh, the people watching is extra good. True. The people got dogs. People have like, they'll be doing interesting calls. Or yeah. Whatever. It's okay. just fun. Did you people watch a lot when you were in England? Yes. Yeah. I would like every single place um, that I would go to. Like, for example, I went to Paris. Oh, so cool. Instantly it was on my mind, like what 
cafe would I be able to go to? Yeah. Wait, that's so interesting because I was watching an Instagram reel the other day of like this couple who lives in Paris and like they just like to sit at a cafe and people watch. I feel like that's a thing people mm-hmm. do like in like Europe. Is yeah. that a, <laughs> that's a huge generalization. And, but. but you can tell so much about a city mm. based on what the locals are doing just on a normal day-to-day basis not True. like the street performers not the big tourist attractions but but just just being able to sit at a cafe and see what a normal local is doing yeah wait so what would <laughs> maybe just putting you on spot what is a normal local doing and what's the name of the city in paris oh and when paris. you were in paris, <laughs> yeah, in paris. <laughs> um i don't there were a lot of vendors trying to sell things which was interesting okay um but i think of course like you can't understand a local because or i couldn't because they're speaking french see i could oh Mm. well then maybe i should have recorded them yeah maybe you should (laughs) (laughs) i speak well i used to be a lot better at french i went to did you know i went to france for like three or a month the summer before my senior year of high school. No, I did not. Yeah, and I stayed with a French family in this little town called Epinal, France. Hmm. Um, so I stayed with them for three weeks um, with my host sister, Sarah, which I don't know. I, she told me she listened to her last podcast, so maybe she's listening to this one. Shout out. Love her. Um, but yeah, and then we went to Paris for like a week. And when I was there, it was crazy because I had been taking French for three years before that. But being there, I like got so much better in my language. It was just crazy. And I could have like full blown conversations and just like understand people. And then of course I'm out of practice now. But hmm. yeah. That's crazy. I love it. Can I ask you another question about like host family stuff? Yeah. Are we like no. really off topic? No, you can ask me a question. Um, were you there long enough to kind of break the initial like courtesy with your host family where like you first get there and they're going to be like, oh, we have like this American living with us and they are like acting different than they would usually act. Were you there long enough to like get past that or were they kind of censored? I think so because how the, so the program was through my, my high school and how it worked was it's like a, mm, our, my, the place where I went to high school and APNL France are sister cities. So my host sister, Sarah, actually stayed with us and our family the summer before. So I already knew her and we had stayed in contact for a year. And then I went to stay with her family and her mom died when she was young. So it was just her dad and she has an older brother, but he was in school. He came for like a couple of days. So it's literally just me, Sarah and her dad. And her dad was, he's like older and he would be like out in the garden a lot. So it was like a different sort of family dynamic. It was mainly just like me and Sarah a lot. So it didn't really feel like there was a lot of like barriers that should come down. But Sarah and her dad just like, I did not ever feel like they were putting up like a front with me, I guess. Hmm. Um, also at first I was like lost. Like I didn't understand anything they were saying. So that also played a role. But by the end of it, I was like, I mean, from what I remember, I don't remember feeling that at all. So yeah. Yeah. That's super cool. Speaking of abroad things, I don't know. I just like asked you about that because, I mean, when I went, the podcast before this was with Abby, my roommate in Israel. And I just remember when, whenever I go abroad, I feel like I, it just gets me out of my bubble in terms of my faith, especially. And I just, in a very basic sense, I remember how big god is and how like diverse his people are but and i know you literally got back like what less than a week ago so yeah there's still a lot of processing four days ago <laughs> you're like i just got here <laughs> um but off the top of your head is there anything like specific you think being not in america for so long like being away from america and just being in a different place has changed the way you view god or the way you view your relationship with him? Yeah, I think for sure. I think being there, it's very traditional in how they worship. 
like the church of england as a whole i know there's different sections within the church of england like there's more charismatic Mm. faiths there's more um, catholic groups and there's protestant groups within um like the giant umbrella of the church of england but um i would still say generally compared to how we do services in america it was very traditional Mm. and i just realized that while i was there i wouldn't be able to base my faith on emotions oh i think yeah i very early on reached a place where the emotional high was not there for attending a service like when you're Mm. going throughout your like daily life um, here as a student, you here is in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, Nashville, Tennessee. Uh-huh. Um, it can really, it can become really easy to look forward to Sunday, almost in a sense of like, oh man, worship. I'm like really excited. <laughs> True. To, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, because it's Nashville, so mm-hmm. everyone is like insane at singing. Yes. Yeah. So even at like really small, mm-hmm. like baptist churches you still have like amazing (laughs) it's like like a one concert (laughs) yeah it's like too good and so like like going along with that this past sunday i went with nate early because he was shadowing the guy who is um doing sound for my church and we get there at like 7 30 in the morning and Mm -hmm. he's He's got the big soundboard and he's like this really cool guy with like, he's like, he's wearing rings and, <laughs> and he has like, like early 2000s, like emo hair cut. And yeah. oh he's just God. like, like Nate asked him one little thing about like what he's doing on the soundboard. Uh-huh. And he's like, yeah, I'm just making sure the compressors are, and just like goes on. <laughs> no. I, I realized really early on I wouldn't be able to follow their conversation. Oh, so really I went good? to Yeah, I went to go meet the guy who's making coffee and just like yeah. hung out with him a little bit. You know, like <laughs> yeah. like it's just so in depth mm. where as like many of the churches I went to in England were like, All right, not even a microphone. There's or no it's soundboard. Just like, yeah. Very easy. You're yeah. listening to choirs singing in Latin mm. or um singing very old hymns that i just do not know um so very early on like um thinking of services and thinking of how i'm going to grow in my relationship with the lord while i'm there Mm. would have to be just in more of a season of intellectual like because you can worship the lord with how you're thinking about him with your mind And it really did feel like, okay, like I have a library full of um, like different texts of people writing about God. I read some C.S. Lewis. Yes. Um, Of course, like reading scripture itself. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, there's seasons for everything. And it felt like it was a season of learning how not to rely on emotions Mm. in my faith. Yeah. That's so interesting to think about. Did you feel, when you were there, did you ever feel like, did you like turn to other things for that like emotional like connection or did you just feel like it wasn't super there? Um, Like, I don't know, a walk in nature. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think this is going (laughs) to make me sound like, like Belmont boy. (laughs) (laughs) Totally okay. (laughs) But I often find like photography as a Mm. way of worship (laughs) (laughs) that's one Uh, thing i'll go on a walk but i'll also like leave my phone behind and just bring my film camera and just like it helps me to focus more on like specifically looking at like details with like Mm. flowers and things like that yeah. But I'm also on taking it on film. I can't just look back on the picture and True. that like takes me out of it. You know, it's just yeah. like, all right, snip, keep walking. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's really cool. And I think that's a good point because, I mean, I feel like it, especially for people who are 
just starting out in their faith journey it's like church is the thing that you rely on and it's when you and I think a lot of people do have a very emotional experience um you know when they decide they want to get baptized or they accept Jesus and it's this emotional high when you're at church because you like feel it and then when you when you don't keep feeling that every week it's like am I doing something wrong like what's going on um and so I think it's really cool that when you got there you it wasn't like oh that there's something wrong about this it's just there's something different you mm-hmm. know and just exploring like okay how it, how does instead of like getting all like oh you know there's something wrong with me or I need to like find a different church or like this church is wrong it's like no this is just different and this is a way in which I can grow in my faith and like learn to not base like the strength of my relationship with him off of like how I feel in a worship set. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like, I don't know if this kind of ties into it sort of, but to give all you listeners or your listener a little context, um, Sammy is a (laughs) so embarrassing sophomore. Yes. Yeah, you're a so- you're a sophomore at Belmont, but you are my age. I'm a junior because you took a gap year, mm-hmm. um, and did this program called Impact 360. And I feel like I remember you talking about how that really impacted. I mean, so much more than just like the emotional aspect of your faith, but just all parts of your faith. So, like, I would love if you could just share a little bit about how Impact. 360 changed you coming into Belmont as a freshman and how you might have viewed things in a different way that you didn't view before if you hadn't done that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I have like, well, first of all, the little very condensed, like commercial yes. version of it. Go for it. Like, anything, yeah. <laughs> it's a nine months, um, Christian program that's focused on philosophy, apologetics, really learning what you believe in and why and how to think through things in the future. And we also studied different worldviews. So we took a pretty deep dive into Mormonism and um, Hinduism. Cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. The just different worldviews, how they differ from Christianity Mm. and yeah, a lot of philosophy to go along with it. And where was it again? Like It's what? in Pine Mountain, Georgia. Okay, and you lived there. Mm-hmm. And it was, yeah, so it was kind of like a mini university, except... Yes, it's pretty much like the equivalent of like two semesters in okay. college. Okay, cool. And, of course, there's, like, I could talk about that for so long. I learned yeah. so much. It totally changed my life, but I think in aspects where I can see similarities between Mm. that and my study abroad program. Yeah, yeah. One of them being like living in a bubble Mm. and like Mm -hmm. stepping out of that Mm. um, in multiple ways. But like while I was in England, I had a group of abroad students that were with me that were Americans and... Like you almost had to choose when to step out of that bubble and like be uncomfortable and go to a different place in Europe and experience a different culture. But Mm -hmm. there was always that comfortable bubble to go back to. Yeah. Um, Impact is kind of the same way where like we recognize while we're there, like this is a bubble of believers who are seeking after very specific things and how they want to grow between high school and college, but Mm. it's not meant to just stay there. Yeah. All of that growth is meant to be propelled out to the world. Mm. And it's not just about like staying in Mm. that area and being comfortable, but yeah, but looking forward to growing. So when you're out in the, quote unquote real, real world, world. <laughs> <laughs> outside of your bubble, then like that's where you mm. realize where 
the true growth has come mm. from. So when you came to Belmont, did that feel like, okay, I'm in the real world now? It did a little bit, but I think I just had a bigger understanding of, oh, I'm going into like another sphere of, mm. okay, now I'm at Belmont, now I'm in Nashville where they do specific things, but the world is still bigger than that. Yeah. 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 Okay. So just talk to me a little bit more about like impact specifically and how that's like just shaped your faith. Yeah. Yeah. The biggest part was I learned the depth of what true community can mm. look like. And I know that that's very broad. So like yeah. a, a, somewhat of a definition will help. But when I say community in that context, I mean those people who really are seeking your highest good of, mm. um, like speaking of like a love is love is another word that is just people throw it out can mean absolutely anything. Yeah. So like, let's go ahead and define these terms. So <laughs> yes. we know what we're talking about, but, um, like a definition of love that we would, that I like to use in conversations about love and um, that was encouraged while I was there is uh, seeking somebody's highest good. Like what does it look like to really put into action towards somebody, those actions that are going to objectively like help them reach the best good that they could experience. Cool. And living in community like that where it's like, okay, how can we really come alongside each other and point each other to the Lord? Because mm. you know that that's what that is like pushing forward. And I think that can weed out a lot of things like, um, like seeing love is just affirmation all the time. Sometimes tough, like love mm. can be tough. Sometimes yeah. somebody needs to call you out for something and, not just affirm you in what you're doing, but in a good way, like, okay, for you to reach your highest good, I'm going to like talk to you about this and mm. that can be tough, but that's what true love is sometimes. Yeah. And I had not experienced that in high school, mm. but during impact 360, I had a really good friend, um, specifically named Mason who, just really pursued a deep loving relationship in that way and I think guys can just really like like not have that mm. and really just stick to a surface level relationship where they enjoy spending time with each other but don't really know how to talk about deeper things yeah and I really experienced that there mm. and Coming into Belmont was really frustrating because I had just taken a year to build up those relationships. And now I'm stepping into like another circle of people where I've like experienced the richness of that. And now it's just absent. Not there. And, you know, it takes time to build relationships, to rush a relationship is to get something disingenuine mm. and I just saw a lot of groups around me where you know freshman year <laughs> groups shift that's yeah. just the way that it happens yeah. um, but I feel like I had this like ability to kind of step out of that and mm. see how different groups of people were going to shift over time and mm. I think that I was just really looking for those genuine people who were interested in um, things that I was interested in and seeking after the Lord in, the, in a similar way I was and so I think that like kind of kept me separated a little bit at first um, a lot of people can have hard transition times mm -hmm from gap year things yeah yeah do you have anything to say about that or? well I mean I just I didn't take a gap year but I have a good friend who did and 
she just like hearing y'all's stories are just very similar in the sense of you experience like I mean my friend Sadie describes it of like she's like that feels like very she's like as cheesy as it sounds she told me she's like it feels very close to heaven and the way that like it's supposed to operate like community and you just go from like a very like real and right way that it operates and it's such a blessing to see that but then when you come to a place that that's not like that at all you're like almost frustrated because you're like why did I get to experience something so like almost close to perfect and because now I'm so much more frustrated by it when it's not that way you know Mm -hmm. yeah and I do at some points wonder because I felt that same thing yeah if it's a like disillusionment of you being separated from that and like thinking back on it mm, like reminiscing like the on way it like because yeah. you know there's problems everywhere yeah. there's pros and cons to mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. and being in that in that environment like thinking back on it could be totally different than how you're remembering it yeah well you're you remember things better than they actually were yeah like that's a mm-hmm. psycho psychologically proven thing mm-hmm. um so I think that's really important to think about when you are looking back on memories in general is like, okay, yes, like this was really good, but also like, am I psyching myself out a little bit and thinking that it was like perfect, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's, I mean, to like to continue off of that. So like when you came here and you're searching for community, like, do you feel like, like where you are now, do you feel like you found it or do you f- like, do you think that your freshman year self would be like, oh yes, like this is what I wanted where you are now. Does that make sense? Yeah. And you can say no. I am seeing it rapidly coming to fruition. Cool. Like it's almost, it's really cool. To get see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I, for the past two years have seen have been in relationships with people where I'll have like very deep life-giving relationships um, and people who are just all around. Um, but it hasn't been like a bigger group than that. Mm-hmm. It's been kind of spread. And so like individual relationships, not like connected to each other, yes. not in, like a group. Yeah. yeah. And so it's just been super cool to, Right before I went abroad, mm-hmm. I was starting to see some overlap between different groups of people, and that was just cool to see. But um, it felt bittersweet mm. leaving the yeah. country for a semester because it felt like, oh, wow, I'm finally seeing these things mm. come together, these relationships uh, coming together. And I just have to put that on pause for mm. a semester. Yeah, But it's been super cool where even in just the past four days that I've been back, I've seen relationships between people that I had known separately and are starting to become really good friends. Mm. And yeah, it's, it's cool to see how the Lord moves in things, whether or not you're seeing them or not. Like we, we have a sense of control where it's like, oh, like if I'm not holding this together, Mm. then when I leave and come back, it's going to be at the same place. But no, the Lord really is doing all the work and he invites us into that. Like we are just his tools Mm. and like, thank goodness that we're able to join in on that. But all of the growth belongs to him. I think specifically your story is very valuable because I mean like you were saying before especially guys I think it's a lot harder for them to find like deep genuine relationships especially like if in a faith context too what would you tell like your younger self or just like a guy that's like hey, I want community. Like, I want these relationships. I have, like, no idea where to start. What advice do you think you would give them? Um, I'm going to think of this specifically as if it's, like, a freshman. Okay. Who I'm, like, talking to. Yeah. 
I think if you know, the problem is knowing what standards you have mm. for relationships. I think if you settle for surface level relationships and think that that's the real deal, mm. then you could just experience those and totally be okay with that the rest of your life. But once you experience something like that's on a totally different level, then that becomes like your new standard. So mm -hmm. like for freshman guys that know I want this deep relationship that I just don't see around me right now. Mm -hmm. If you keep, your standards at that level and just keep investing in the people around you and meeting new people and just like investing in others then the people who have the same standards of how deep they want their relationship with other people to be will make their way to you it just mm, takes time yeah and patience but just don't lower your standards. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important. And also like not, s I feel like standards can sound a little pretentious in the sense of mm -hmm. like, oh, this person has to like be, you know, and that's not the point. Cause I, I mean, like I know your heart and that's not, you're not, it's not trying to be like only this type of person can be friends with me, but in if we're looking at like the context of faith and community and people that will like love you well. And if you're looking for the specific type of person, they do have to have like, you know, a similar, like we're talking about definitions. They have to believe in the same definition of love and they have to believe in the same definition of community. And that in itself is like, I don't want to say exclusive, but you know, there's a certain type of person that, that, I don't know. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, I will say that like a, a clarification of what I mean by standards yeah. there would have to be like as deep of a desire mm. to have a deep loving in the way that I just yeah. described love earlier. Like, a, f like yeah. a friendship, like they have to have the same desire for friendship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that doesn't you're right. And it takes time. And I think, I mean, I experienced that for sure. And I think a lot of people coming to college and I mean, even if you're not a freshman and you're like a junior or senior and maybe you're about to graduate, like whatever stage of life you're in, just knowing like what kind of friendships you want and then sticking to that and believing that like the Lord will provide those for you and not and being patient in that, I think, is key because, you, like, you're right. To, you said to rush um, friendships is, like, to be disingenuine or something like that. Mm -hmm. I don't remember your exact words, but I think that's, like, so true in this context, too, is it just really takes time. Mm. Um, okay. Rewinding a little bit. I feel like I have to hype you up a little bit in this context because you just don't talk about this. But you graduated valedictorian of your high school and you're not on the honors program you're a pretty smart kid <laughs> you're looking at me like where is she going with this? um and you're a film major mm -hmm. with a chemistry minor and i feel like that I, I mean i know that has a whole story in its own but i would love to have you elaborate a little bit on how performance and success in school specifically and just like grades like what your relationship with that has looked like over the years and how your faith has changed that and transformed that identity in you yeah yeah I think in high school I was a very different person concerned about very different things okay like how I was just so concerned about what I was doing and saw that as the main way that other people would view me. Mm. And so I was very toxically perfectionist. Same. I, that's how I would describe it. Um, just the whole idea that if you are doing anything 
subpar, not your best work, not up to a certain standard of near perfection, then you might as well just be doing something else because Mm. it's just not worth it. But looking at things that really started to resonate with me after high school were things like film with the fact that you can't reach any sort of perfection. You can reach like a very Mm, high standard, but it's more about the journey and like seeing the steps that it takes. Yeah. And I just really resonate with um, seeing I do really like STEM things. <laughs> I love like yeah. some of the aspects yeah. of film that I really like are the way that lenses work and mm. the way that you can use a different one to get a different look and yeah. Um and so that explains why I'm still studying something like chemistry just because True. I love the objective tangible things behind it. Um intention with like the creativity involved. Mm. But that strangely connects to how I've grown to view my relationship with the Lord, where it really is not this sense of you are either doing things all correct or you might as well just not try Mm. and just like give up because it's not worth doing something half-heartedly but Mm. like as human beings we aren't able to reach a standard of perfection yeah and but like the lord works in us Mm -hmm. like as we read scripture as we grow in our relationships with other people who point us to him we do become more and more like him but Mm -hmm. you're gonna mess up along the way and that doesn't mean like pack up your bags and go home that means you can still look at your progress and see like where you are and like still submit to the Lord mm. to use you and do his work through you. Yeah. I think, I think what similarly when I came to college I, and I was growing in my faith, I just realized, okay, what does it look like to take this belief that I have that I am like never enough on my own and that like God gives me my strength and apply that to school and apply that to my grades and apply that to the papers that I turn in. And that was like, I remember that being very difficult for me. Um, And everything that you were saying reminded me of this saying that my friend once was telling me and she said, um, if something's worth doing, it's worth doing poorly. Hmm. And I still think about that because when she first said that, I was like, oh, she's going to say if something is worth doing, it's worth doing well. Like I've heard this, like, you, you know, I know <laughs> like I'm trying. Um, but she's like, no, it's worth doing poorly because it's better to just do it and then not do it at all. And I think especially if you're coming from like a type A perfectionistic, I have to get straight A's mindset and you're a Christian, like those things can clash a lot. And like, it's just, it's, I think it can be really hard to like take that into context and be like, okay, what is my identity as a child of God? How does that inform the way in which I write a paper or the way in which I do a project for school. You know, it can be such a hard line to draw, I think. I don't know. Do you still tie a lot of your identity to, like, your performance in school and, like, your grades? I think I catch myself every once in a while, but it's totally different. Yeah. I just... (laughs) It's giving hippie. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, yeah, I'm off the grid now. (laughs) I did kind of feel that way, though, living in Europe and not Mm. having service on my phone, Mm -hmm. only having contact with people if I had Wi-Fi at, like, Acosta or just, like, a random Wait, you didn't have a cell phone plan? No, and it was great. Wait, I know this. Did you intentionally do that? Yeah. I decided that if I was in 
in like an instance where I needed to find directions somewhere, like to just be able to go on Apple Maps or Google Maps yeah. and find where you're going, yeah, is so much less interesting than having to ask somebody who speaks a different language, like, how do I get to the train station or whatever? No way. Wait, did that ever make you feel unsafe, though? A couple of times. Okay. There was, I was in a sketchier part of Brussels near one of the train stations, and this group of guys were following oh. me, and I think <gasps> they were trying to steal my headphones, but... What did um, you do? I ended up like making, I feel like in that, those instances, mm -hmm. it's good to let them know that you're aware of kind them. of, yeah, you yeah. can kind of see what's going on. Mm -hmm. So I like put my back against the wall and I kind of like gave them a little glare <laughs> and they like just kept walking mm. and they circled back around looking for other people to kind of grab stuff from. It was Whoa. really interesting. Whoa. Okay, wait, that's so interesting, though, that you chose not to have cell phone connection. Yeah. Huh. Mm -hmm. Did that, was that, like, really hard? I don't know. I w can you elaborate on, like, that experience? <laughs> I feel like that would. Well, I think it was maybe a little bit harder for one of the first few weeks, but. Mm -hmm. I think the more connected you are, the more opportunities there are for you to just constantly be getting information mm. filled into your brain. But I really do think that the Lord usually speaks to us. I've, I just finished reading Dallas Willard's Hearing God. Oh, I've heard that's a good which one. Which is very dense and yeah. took me a very long time oh to read. Oh my gosh. But in it, he talks about what does it mean when scripture talks about the still small voice mm. and he like describes different aspects of the still small voice, mm. but how it's so easy to over flood the still small voice with other things that are going on with social media and like everything is designed for you to be addicted to it like yeah. reels tiktok yep. it's the short little like 15 second videos now that are like like it's just dopamine yeah don't get me started i i'm like i can't open my mouth right now yeah go on a tangent so i think being able to really like walk outside and like you're separated from the internet for a little bit and of course you're going to be in a little transition time where you still are like craving that, you know, but did you, did you crave that? Do you felt, did you feel that at first? Okay. But I think I got used to it and I like to make the little metaphor of like a mm -hmm. snow globe where like okay. you're shaking a snow globe uh -huh. and like all the snow is everywhere. Uh huh. But even when you stop, and like set the snow globe down the snow is still kind of like in the air and it takes a while mm. for it to settle where like i can step away from like reels or tiktok but i'm still like i want to be connected to everybody mm. i need to like text this person or whatever send this reel to somebody mm. but you got to be separated from it for a while in order to let the snow globe settle True. and that's when you like really do start to hear the still small voice it just takes a while. Oh, that's so good. Oh, okay. I love this still small voice thing. I feel like we could just talk about that forever, but we've been going for 43 minutes now and I, we need to get to the last question. So, um, yeah, the, I mean, the question I ask everyone when they come on the pod has to do with the title and you know, but it's what's something about God, about your faith. Um, about your relationship with Jesus that is too wonderful for you? Mm -hmm. um, I think I have two okay. little things. Um, one of them I've been thinking about a while and the other one that kind of just came up today. Okay. But the first one is 
Or should I do the more serious one or the more like kind of silly one first? Let's do the more <laughs> serious one first. Okay. So I am really intrigued by how God is able to act out of a characteristic like all the time mm. where like we as human beings, like we only understand how like we act towards each other okay. in a lot of ways. Okay. Um, but like, for example, with like patience, mm. like I see you as a patient person, but Thanks. you're not always going to act out of patience. Nope. Like I can <laughs> do something to annoy you so much that you can snap. Yeah. And like, like there's moments when you can just not be a patient person. Mm -hmm. Like it's almost like our characteristics as people are kind of like turn on and turn off. But like God is always patient and, but he's always just and how mm, all of those all characteristics exist in a way that we can't really understand, like mm -hmm. coexist with each other. And like we see like Jesus, like in the temple flipping over tables and he's still like patient. the pinnacle of patience. And he like isn't not acting out of his patience in that moment. Like he's still patient. Whoa. And I just like, it's just so cool how yeah, like we can't, we don't see people as that usually like, yeah. it's kind of like you're either acting like you're either, you, do you know what I no, mean? It's I know like what you, God like, always acts out of his attributes. Yeah. Well, his attributes never change. Mm -hmm. Whereas ours do a yeah. lot. Mm -hmm. Like our, the, I mean, our personalities are relatively unchanging and that's, mm, not to get on a psych tangent, but our personalities pretty much stay the same, but our emotions change a lot, like within the day or just, yeah, like characteristics about ourselves can change, but God doesn't. Ah, that's so good because it reminds me of, I did a Bible study this past summer and the study was on um, attributes of God and communicable, communicable versus uncommunicable attributes of God. So what attributes that we can share with God and what attributes that we can't share with God. Mm. And I mean, like the attributes of like patience, kindness, like, like those are communicable because we can experience those too, but like omnipresent, omniscient, mm. um, all know, just like all of those things, like we can never, we won't ever be able to obviously operate in those ways. So it's always really cool to think about the ways in which like we are so different from God because I don't know. Yeah. It just kind of is like, yeah, like there's no answer. And you're mm -hmm. just like, wow. And it, I think it also changes how we view our relationship with him and it helps us to like realize how small we are and how much we can trust him. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. That's good. Okay. Yeah. What's the silly one? Um, so the other one is like thinking of how we think of possessions on this earth versus like us having like a house on like new earth of like, Ooh. because it can so easily be like a gimme, gimme, gimme kind of thing here mm. of like, <laughs> Oh, I have a fancy plant that looks really pretty in my living room and okay. it's like self-serving in a way mm. but how we're able to have possessions but it's like, about solely, like in heaven yeah, yeah and they solely exist as like like an extension of hospitality or mm. like how we think about that i just i'm not going to be able to understand yeah completely. like they won't be a source of pride or yeah. like idols yeah and that feels really silly and yeah. small but like that's not like silly weird. i thought you were gonna say something yeah i guess describing it as something like funny maybe <laughs> wasn't the best way to <laughs> no but it's like i mean i think it's true just i mean i think any time we think about heaven it's like yeah it's easy to 
that's that's a very good thing that's too wonderful for us to know because we'll just like never know but it's fun to think about yeah and like yeah what is gonna what 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 are you gonna have in your home (laughs) so it's like i'm thinking about the aesthetics (laughs) like (laughs) how's this place gonna look (laughs) yeah that's so cool to think about Uh, any last thoughts you want to share i've been thinking about a c.s lewis quote a lot okay what is it we can close out with it i did he bring it the mere christianity i i did i loaned sammy my copy of mere christianity it's so old but she's loved yeah so just thinking about like comfort and being back in nashville okay after being in a more uncomfortable place Mm -hmm. he says in religion as in war and everything else comfort is the one thing you cannot get by looking for it if you look for truth, you may find comfort in the end. If you look for comfort, you will not get either comfort or truth, only soft soap and wishful thinking to begin with, and in the end, despair. Of like... Ooh. <laughs> and that's the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, of just thinking of like getting out of your comfort zone mm. and like you can't really seek comfort itself because mm. you're never going to reach it instead just like so good yeah living your life in a way that seeks the lord and like truth itself is like the only way to get comfort in the end wow you know what i have nothing to say after that that was that's a really good way to go out (laughs) (laughs) thanks sammy for being on the podcast this was really fun you're welcome it was great yeah thanks for having me Thank you so much for listening to this episode of It's Too Wonderful. I hope you enjoyed it and that this inspires you to go have similar conversations with your friends, your family, the people you love, and most importantly, with Jesus. Remember to go leave a rating and review. I really need those to get this podcast out and about. Go give us a follow on Instagram at It's Too Wonderful Pod.